Okay, warriors, you are listening to Unqualified Therapists. Remember, stay wild and weird. Hey, warriors, this is Amy. And I'm Sarah. We are the hosts of The Unqualified Therapist. We are not here to give you advice. We are here to tell you our stories, share your stories, and bring on the professionals from time to time. Mental health is complicated, and we know that from our personal experience. We believe in professional therapy. Both Sarah and I use that on our own healing journeys. But we also know it isn't one size fits all. The stigma surrounding mental illness can make us feel alone. We are not alone. You are not alone. And you're listening to The Unqualified Therapist Sync. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode, our very first episode of 2022 of The Unqualified Therapist. Yeah, baby. I am so excited because I feel it in my bones. This is going to be a good year for everyone in so many ways. Agreed, but I feel like we need to like tiptoe in. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be too, um, too arrogant about that, too confident. But I will say that for the pod, it has already been good because we took some risks and they all came up swimming like roses. I am so excited about all of that. But I I, still it's like I'm such a skeptical person. I feel like we need to go back to um, Parks and Rec and and tiptoe out of don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. I mean, because basically we are going to blow your minds with the episodes that are upcoming and our guests who have graciously accepted to be on the show. I it's it's amazing. It's incredible. We have some experts that are coming on to talk about some really um interesting, fascinating, fucked up shit. And basically and we were like I was like, "Hey, these are people I love on Instagram." They have like tons of followers. They're like actually influencers. Maybe they'll want to talk to us. And, and they, they do. And or they do, do. I guess I should say. They're going yes. to. So guys, so, get excited. This is so going to be yeah. so great. So great. We're starting out <laughs> on a high note and hopefully it just stays that way for us. We know life isn't that way, but we're going to ride this high for as long as we can. Yeah, we are. We're going to make this shit happen. And for this week, though, we're jumping in to something I never knew about until last week's episode, <laughs> where Sarah introduced me to the hair. What the if hair. I called it the hair cult? Then that the sounds hair. more like it, a it, hair I, band. It does. <laughs> and and I can get behind something like that. Like a hair cult. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, Gwen, Miss Gwen is what the teens call her. Miss Gwen Shamblin. Miss Gwen how you say it? Shamblin. Yes. Yes. And her um, way down ministries. Yes. Wow, friends. Wow. So um, that's what we're talking about this week. And I think that we need to preface a couple of things 
Sure. First of all. So I just want to make clear my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. I do believe in God. I pray to God every day. I um, do not follow any organized religion, however. Um, and we'll get into that on another episode on why that is. Um, but I have faith. I follow my faith and I'm strong in that faith. Um, this episode is in no way meant to ridicule any religion. Um, what this episode is about is a cult <laughs> and cultic behavior. Yeah. And to give awareness and education to people who might be taken in by cults that are harmful and um, that, that can cause harm in people's lives. Um, and this is one of those. So as uh, there is much evidence to, to yeah. support that, that we will get into. Yeah. And in the same way, I think that um, similarly, I feel about uh, my faith, but I also don't practice an organized religion for also similar reasons. And I was triggered a lot in my deep dive in the past two days of this church. But I do try to, as especially as I've been writing my book, I've been uncovering a lot of the evangelical church and my part in it. Um, I really try to give people the benefit of the doubt, regardless of their intention, like trying to say they, you know, they had good intention. There right. is just so much evidence to the contrary for this woman and her um, top leaders that I can't really say they had the best of intentions. Um, but I'm not necessarily calling out, you know, everyone. I'm just saying that we have to be really careful <laughs> with mm. what we put our faith in and who we mm -hmm. put our faith in and how we live our lives. Because, um, I liked, I, you know, I fell into cultish behaviors. I'm not mm -hmm. so much going to say that I was in a cult, but I was definitely in a cultish behavioral situation. And mm -hmm. that is <laughs> what this whole thing kind of screams. And then it goes beyond Yes, yes. And then to, it takes it 14 steps further. To like, we'll get into it. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> that's our are, little disclaimer. <laughs> that's our disclaimer. Um, you know, we are going to dive into her religion. And I don't even. She started her own damn religion. She did. She did. And L. Ron Hubbard said the best way to make money is to start your own religion. He sure did. And. <laughs> you know, the idea of, I, I kept saying to myself as I was watching and I was seeing verbatim things that I said, things that people said to me when I was in the evangelical church. I thought, God, how is this different? How is this different? And there's not that much difference, but I'm like, what makes this a cult for sure? And it's her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's and the, the fact that these people can't leave. Gwen Shamblin is who we're going to be talking about today and the Remnant Fellowship Church and her also her The Way Down um, fellowship. Fellowship? It no, was, it's it, like the Way Down movement or the Way Down. Go ahead. I'll find it. Yeah. So she started in the Church of Christ, which started in the 1800s, and it is an extremely strict version of Christianity. So that was her growing up, her basis for religion. 
Sorry, how basic is this? It's called the Way Down Diet. The Way Down Diet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So basic. (laughs) Okay. The Way Down Diet. um, And that is, you know, way down like, you know, W-E-I-G-H. But if you want to watch the documentary that Amy and I watched in preparation for this episode. Don't don't search it that way because that's what I kept doing and then I was like Sarah I don't think it's on here <laughs> I know it's the way down like W-A-Y that is on HBO if you are interested in following along with us on that so she started off with this ministry that's what it was way down ministries oh okay um, where she had gone to college and I guess she had gained like 15 pounds and was like flabbergasted that she had gained this weight and couldn't understand like how somebody could gain that weight. I guess she had never heard of the freshman 15. Um, I know I experienced that. I'm sure a lot of us have. Um, It's a pretty common thing, but for some reason for her, it was like unacceptable. So that's where her journey started with trying to find out why and, and I thought so, there was going to be redeeming here when they said she was going to school to be a nutritionist. Yeah, there was not. did not redeem her. No. Uh, so the basis of this diet is <laughs> nothing new. Uh, it is basically just another take on intuitive eating. So yep. if you've heard of intuitive eating, um, this is pretty much the same thing, uh, except she just inserts a couple of things. And that is that... Anytime you want to eat, instead of eating, you go to God and you pray. Fine. That's fine. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's nothing wrong with intuitive eating. In fact, you know, who, know, who am I to say? I'm no nutritionist. It could be the way to go. Um, the problem lies in that what she then would force on, not force on, what she would encourage, <laughs> encourage her, yes, her 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 followers of this ministry um, was that to be pure, you needed to be thin, and the more weight you lost, the purer you were, and the faster you lost the weight, the purer you were, and the closer to God you were, the more godly you could become, and so. She was encouraging people to not only intuitively eat and pray when they were hungry, but to fast for long periods of time um, as well. And this resulted in many people having eating disorder, developing eating disorders um, and other illnesses that came as a result from that. I know that there was one member who was 110 pounds down and she still wanted her to fast because she wanted her to lose weight faster and faster and more weight. Well, she had stopped losing as fast as she had been and she said that that was unacceptable. Yes. So this is the type of behavior that we're talking about when we get into like cultic behavior. And... This is how it began. So it began with the way down, and then this was implemented across churches in America. They were sending these programs out. So it was the 90s. So they're like packaging up. Do you guys remember? Did anybody have any type of series of something where it was in this big, like plastic 
binder. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. And like all the cassette tapes in the series were like in the little plastic inserts and you would take them out and whatever. That I was like watching the videos of them doing this and I was like, oh my God. I think I had like I think I had Bible stories. (laughs) I think I had like the children's Bible in a thing like that. Like where it was like read to you on cassette tape. And I know I had like children's Bible stories and stuff in those things. So that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a memory from way back. Um, But yeah, so they would pack up these cassette tapes of this way down program and they would send them out to the churches and then the churches would disperse the program. The programs weren't free. No, they were expensive. There's costs associated. Sure. But you know, the costs were high and there was a continual process with it. And that's something that if you ever listen to a little bit culty, they talk about a lot where they're, they're suspicious of anything that there's like, you can't graduate from it. Like there's always like another thing that you have to do. Like there's another class you have to take and another sure. thing and, you have to pay for. And, and they another. keep moving the bar, like they keep moving the finish line. Exactly. And, and that was the, her. This yeah. Well, she would just repackage though the same ideas in another book and in another class. And you felt like, well, cause she told you that you needed to have it. So you could continue on your journey. Right. And so this weight loss was the only way to be pure. Um, and, and that to me is sketchy as hell. <laughs> like now they're, they're like claiming that none of that is true and that it's all about health and all of these things. I listened to a bunch of doctors in the congregation talk about it, but in reality, it was true. That's what they said. Just like Sarah said, the faster you lost weight, the more weight you lost, the holier you were. So if you came in and you were trying and you were overweight, clearly there was sin in your life that you had not repented. And then they would, t- well, this is once they get into the church when you have to go to the council. <laughs> yeah. So the church came because she could then preach this program every week, every Sunday and, and have a congregation and have a nonprofit tax free. And this is me saying my opinion. Sure. This nonprofit tax free space to earn money um, and just collect from a congregation and get to talk about her ideas and, and her ways of living. And that's how the remnant church became uh, it came to life. Um, now it takes place on, um, is it a plantation? Am I right in saying that? I mean, it looks like one. It, I, don't, I believe that's what it's actually called. And I think it was her first husband's <sighs> land. And it literally is like, um, maybe it's not, it's like an estate, like a, there's so many like everything that her yard is, everything that happens in the church is done at her home. Right. So like they worship in the church, but then all of the activity and the celebrations and the concerts and whatever happen over in her like home slash yard slash it's like a compound. It's not like a compound. It It is is a a compound. compound. Yeah. Because they They, have their own dentist. They have their own dermatologist. They have their own everything. I mean, everything. Guys, come on. Cults? I don't know. 
Yes, you do know. Yes. <laughs> so I also kind of want to make sure we start off by saying that if you watch, if you watch just like, there are parts of the things that she's saying that are in line with other sermons I've heard in church. There are things that she's saying that aren't bad. There are sermons that she gives that, and I don't, I haven't heard entire sermons because woof, um, but I've listened to portions of things that she says. Not everything that comes out of her mouth is horrible. But see, to me, that's a good cult leader. Yeah, exactly. Truth. That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. So like what I want people to understand is that it's, it's so I think that there's this big misconception. Like I think that a lot of people are like, well, I would never get involved with a cult or I would never fall for <laughs> yeah. something like that. Yeah. And, you know, it nobody could fool me into doing that. Well, sure. guess what? <laughs> Extremely intelligent people yep. are involved with cults and cultic behavior every day. And it has nothing to do with your level of intelligence. It has everything to do there's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. There's um, an, an, a constant manipulation. It's not a quick game. This is a long game. This is a long con. It's so, love bombing you to like yeah. It, yeah. When you're in a sp- when you're in a place of vulnerability. Yes. So think about it. So you're overweight. So your marriage is in shambles. Whatever it is, you're wishing to have a marriage. These sorts of things, like. That she's saying, I can, God can give you these things if you do A, B, C, and D, and follow yeah. my plan. Right, right. And so that is how people get into these types of organizations and then get stuck. And we'll explain how they get stuck sometimes in the, in this one in particular. Um. So, yeah, like I said, like some of her her messages are, like you said, mixing truths with the crazy. Uh, no, that's not I a mean, word, because <laughs> I think for me, um, what I what I like to think is like, OK, how is she saying that you can connect with God? Well, it, you know, in it, in Christianity, they say it's Sir Jesus. It's she says that, but then she says, but it's also listening to me and your husband and your boss and your parent and your this and your that. Like, it's all about falling in line with authority. Then if God sees you to be fit, then you can have a relationship with him. And that's bullshit. That that part. So, guys, this is not like smoke and mirrors. This was literally Gwen standing at a whiteboard drawing a triangle putting God at the top of it and showing you your way to God was that you had to follow authority first so the only way through God was it was your siblings at the bottom I'm sorry I just I love my sisters to death because they believe that even if your siblings were one year older than you they were able to reprimand you and correct you your authority, yes. Um, your siblings, then your parents, then teachers, then your boss. Which M- Mike was watching it at that point. And he was like, um, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> and then church leaders and then God. So the church leaders are right below God. Like that's your that's your step closest. 
So she's putting herself as the, you know, the step below God to, to become, to have a relationship with him. So it was all about, you must follow authority. And she even said out of her mouth said, you must love authority. You must fall in line with authority. And, and that's not the only person who says it. When I watched the other videos, they're like all saying the same thing. That idea of you must love authority. And like, if there's anything that I hate more, (laughs) it's authority (laughs) for no reason, no reason. No, there's reasons. It's because of what we've been brought up in, in these types of situations are part of that. But no, I'm saying that like her authority has no, Oh, Oh, there's no reason (laughs) like that. You know, I mean, her hair might touch to God. Oh my God. Like that's mm, okay. Uh, I know it's like it's hard it's distracting it's it's just it is it's distracting that's the perfect way to say it Mm -hmm. it's distracting because it is just and and that is I mean I've heard jokingly I've heard um women say that they you know tease it to God tease it to Jesus is what I've heard tease Tease it to Jesus Jesus. oh yeah (laughs) my goodness that's incredible So I've heard it, but it's a joke. It's a joke. And she, but she didn't take it as a joke. This woman has literally teased her hair to Jesus. I mean, it is, it is big. It is large. Yeah. And um, we're not talking like 80s hairdo here, guys. We're no, talking no, like this a is not extra 80s. foot. It's a this good This is another, foot. yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes her as tall as Mike and she's like five foot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yes. Yeah. So we get into the church. They're all about authority, which is how... You know, they're trying to, like, get you to, to listen. And so there was this woman who was on, who was interviewed throughout the whole documentary, all three episodes. And she reminded me so much of my aunt. It was, like, so weird. So I, like, connected with her really, like, really yeah. strongly just because she looked like my family. And, um, but she was just, like, you know, she was talking about how if you did not do what they said to do like you were you could have been kicked out of the church which when that's like your entire life and at this point too everyone's livelihood yes um and you know your relationships your friendships your entire families everything is connected to this church if you're threatened to be kicked out it's a big deal at this point because you're losing everything and um, you're made to, you're ostracized and told that you are not godly and, you know, not worthy of God's love. And I mean, that is like manipulation on a whole other level. But let's talk about how you said how like, okay, so you can get your car fixed. You can get, um, get your hair done. You can all within, you know, all within the church, go to the orthodontist, go to the chiropractor, all they, within the church because they yes. have their own community and they they do a big homeschooling as well even though lots of the people interviewed um not on the show but on their website talked about how they went to public school just to show they weren't a cult but (laughs) so um but the homeschooling was really important because it could then continue on with these values of authority and that you listened the first time. I mean, holy crap. There was this moment in the documentary where she has these like little children in front of her, lots of them. Mm. 
And she like scares the bejesus literal out of them. Yeah. Telling them, you know, if you don't listen to your parents, you will live a very short life. And then in your death, you will be punished. Yeah. I was like, talk about nightmares. Yeah. Okay. That's not even like paraphrasing. That's pretty much exactly what she says. Cause I wrote down the exact quote. Cause it, it astonished me. So people in cult leadership use these fear tactics and they say things to scare you. These are children, children. I mean, we're talking like toddlers to to tweens sitting in front of her and she says if you don't obey your parents the first time you are being your own god and no one playing around like that will ever go to heaven and so you will only live for a few years on earth and then you will have a horrible afterlife you do not if you do not obey your mom and dad you will be taken out and you will be very very sorry i was like damn Yep, exactly. So then there's this undercurrent of the fact that she... Did you she, like my accent? The accent was really good. Um, I, <laughs> sorry. All I could think about, though, is like the beatings with the glue sticks. Um, the, there's this this corporal punishment. I mean, abuse, truly. Yeah. And how that... I mean, you were like punished into submission that's what it was they broke you so they broke you as a child so that then gosh whatever they say it's easy for you to fall in line do you remember ever experiencing in your church life i i know that i did do you ever remember experiencing there was a a point in the documentary where they're talking to they're interviewing her son michael who poor lived, Michael, poor, poor Michael lived a tortured lives, I guess, or lived. I'm not sure. Um, lives, lives a tortured life. I'm, but he, I'm saying he may have separated himself from the church by now. I researched it. <laughs> is he still there? Um, according to his sister, he is, but I can't find him on any leadership part mm, sites. His okay. sister's a whole nother. Well, she's taken over the race. I know. But, um, so he, they wanted him to be in leadership. They wanted, she wanted him to be able to take over someday. Um, but he was so torn because he clearly did not follow along or align with any of these values or teachings or whatever. But he had to play along as this, as her son. So in his, you know, early years he did. And and then even as he got older and got married, he played along, but he was having this, you know, kind of separate life. And we can get into that in a little bit, but they're interviewing him at one point and he just starts to like make shit up. <laughs> and like, basically he just starts to like um, predict your life for you and predict these kids' lives. He's like, kids that are leaving the church, they're, they're gonna... They're going to get divorced if they even get married. They're going to have a horrible life. They're going to die quickly. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what? <laughs> like, uh, okay. What is going on inside of someone's, like, you, you to, for you to just start to, like, make shit up like that and just start, like, basically, and, and she's, like, standing there shaking her head along, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and he's like, we need a change. And that change 
is obedience. And I'm yeah. like, wow, is there a theme here or what? Right. I, I'm hesitating if you can't tell <laughs> across yeah. the airwaves, um, only because, you know, I hesitate. This is a part of my story that's very hard to share. And I will say that I believe that I, I was led to believe and, you know, I try to take ownership of it because I don't want to put this on anybody. But this idea that if you did not, and she talks a lot about this, if you did not obey, if you did not follow the rules, if you did not go to God with everything, if you did not go to God first thing, if you did not have your quiet time, if you did not do this, whatever, you would not have any fruit. Like you would have no, and, and in Christ, that's Christianese for like good things. Okay. So yeah good things would not happen to you. Like you would live a life of suffering. And I believe that 1000%. I and see. So okay. That makes more sense to me. Like that, that, that I can understand reason. where that line of thinking then comes from. So that is the reason for everything that, you know, I did in those years is because I was like, okay, well, you know, it, they talk about how, you know, when you're, born again or when you you know ha are saved that you don't need to do work but that's like a lie in the sense of what church tells you right, right. because you really do need to do so many things and when i tell my story i will tell you all the things i had to do but what he said there did not did not seem out of like to me i wasn't like what the fuck i was just like yeah yeah i get it <laughs> yeah like i think that people have said similar things to me Right. And, well, you know, when the bad things did happen, I don't know if you're ready to go there yet, but like when the daughter, is it Elizabeth? Yes. For example, lost her child at five months, I think, or three months. I don't know, to SIDS. I think it was, and, uh, yeah, I think it was around five-ish months old. Anytime anything bad happens to these people, they say, you know, God let this person die. God allowed this, like... God gave this blessing to me of them dying or whatever it is. And they turn it around like that. Or they say, somebody's sinning. Yep. And so in this particular situation in the documentary, they talk about how they're like, it's not in our house. Yep. So they started calling in all these like possible problem families into meetings with the leadership. And if you've ever been called into leadership, meetings because you're in trouble or you've done something wrong like that was like in any, Scott, in any circumstance that was Scott and I's MO we were always fucking in trouble like always because we don't follow rules and so I don't know what we were in thinking trying to be obedient in here but like <laughs> they're not fun meetings they're very like they can be berating they can pretend to be loving but they're not and you just feel like a piece of shit that's where I spent my my upbringing in, um, I don't know if I'm going to, I mean, what the fuck, I guess I may as well just in young life in high school, um, was with leadership being told I was a horrible person basically. But in some ways it was like this, like, we're working with you to make you this better person, you know, and every time and, they're always working yeah. with us. And I was like, okay. And then I just tried to sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice to have like this good, life and so when things didn't go their way you know 
in particular this church when like for example her baby dies it was then somebody else's fault and if we can't find fault in somebody else in the church then we're going to praise god for it because i'm going to tell you right now we didn't do anything wrong and um i'm not being punished because i still have they, they they basically they were getting screwed because their idea was for people in their church to believe that all the fruit money power beauty weight loss was coming from obedience to God. Right. So you have a baby die and the congregation's like, uh, you just said like only good things are going to happen, you know? Right. And so you have because to we're just, obedient. Now you have to figure out how the hell am I going to explain this to these people? Mm-hmm. And so you make up some shit. Yep. Somebody in this church is sinning. Somebody is doing something in here to bring this upon us. And she at one point um, in her sermon says, Selfish people have made it into this church and it will be the demise. Yes. And I was like, can I just, I was like, let's back it up. I'm like, what I know about God is that like, don't you want selfish people like that are wanting to be better? Like, don't you want the sinners to come like, or you just want perfection? Like it was just so so mind boggling. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's, go ahead. Ha- it's hard for me because again, this touches so close to home. Um, in leadership myself, once you get so far, you learn the insides of things. And no, you do want the sinners, but you don't want the outspoken rebellious ones. They're going to ruin your church. Literally, we were told, <laughs> we were told, don't let those people in. Yeah. When you're church planting, because they will basically like, you know, be like the devil from the ground up or something, you know, like, so she's not far off in some of the shit she's saying in terms of the way that some other churches that aren't out and out cults speak. Yeah. So we have to be so, I don't know. I just feel like we have to be so careful, man, with, with stuff like this, because we're so susceptible. I mean, when I think of people like you and I, Sarah, I find us to be very critical and very rebellious and very like questioning. And we both fucking fell for it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to make sure that like our audience knows. Like, yeah, you're listening to two of the most rebellious people who look at authority and go what the fuck are you talking and about outside the box on the thinkers. regular yeah yeah <laughs> like, like and, and we still ended up in culty relationships and in culty groups because and, we all want to be loved right we yes, all yes want unconditional love and we all want purpose and that is what the church mm. gives is purpose yes and right. that's what we all desire. And so if you're good enough and if you if you if you're obedient enough, then you will be given tasks that are now at a higher leadership level or you know, you'll have purpose. You'll have a bigger purpose within the church. Right. And so you know, you want to be loved, you want purpose and therefore you just kind of like mm, I don't know. Do I did I ignore those things? I don't know. And, and, and I think about these people who are so, so basically what I did is I went to their website because I really wanted to, after you watch the HBO documentary, this is my suggestion is to go look at their website and they have about 10 to 20 
little films of people, doctors, teachers, I don't know, whatever, a bunch of different people talking about how amazing um, it is and basically debunking everything the HBO documentary says. But if you look at it, it's it's creepy and weird because it looks very Stepford Wives-y or um, it made me think of, I just started watching WandaVision. I don't know if anybody watches that, but it made me think of that where like she has mind control and like they just say exactly what they're supposed to say. And so it was very robotic and I was like, God, this is creepy. And this is their tool to recruit. Right. And because they have flashy editors and, you know, they make beautiful movies and little snippets and things of that nature, um, it, it, it looks like a beautiful recruiting tool. But, like, to me, it just, like, screams mm-hmm. cult. Right. False. Well, because we know better now. Manipulative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just, I kind of want to, like, I want to talk about that for a sec because... And, and go back to the um, I want to go back to the the way that they have everybody inside the church doing everything for everyone because I, I want to make sure that we hammer home why people didn't leave when we start talking about some more of these like awful awful things that happened um, within the church so when you make your entire congregation reliant upon your entire congregation then you are solidifying people into not leaving. So when the, there was a, the, the woman that I was talking about that reminded me of my aunt, she was talking about how she taught piano lessons and how when she started thinking about leaving the church, she has this huge student base of piano lesson students and this huge income from that. And she knew if she left the church, that was yeah. gone. Her income was gone. So you're making people financially reliant upon you and upon staying right. a part of this church. So, okay, and, so finances are one thing. Right. Um, and then she made divorce. And I know that a lot of religions frown upon divorce. <laughs> However, Until they it still make her. it. And they make it possible, though, like even in even in Catholicism, you can annul a marriage like you can still get out of the relationship like you are still allowed to leave the relationship. Yeah, they you know, other religions may think that divorce is not a great option and they want you to try to work something out. However, you can still get a divorce if your spouse is being, you know, unfaithful or abusing you or abusive they want you to exit that relationship and this church did not she the gwen did not want that to happen until it suited her and we can talk about that too but like so, so that's another aspect so like you're in this locked into this marriage and and this relationship i think another aspect that's really important to bring up is that they have money and that means they have money for attorneys And if you have children, they will not allow you to leave with those children. They will fight you and they have the money and the attorneys and the, all of these things to make it so that you don't get custody and the parent who's staying gets full custody. Full. No joke guys. No joke. So I was 
I mean, you can say what you want. I was impressed AF with that one right. girl who was um, in the documentary, but you couldn't see her face. Yes. So here, I'm going to tell the story real quick. Is that good? Okay. Yeah. So, please. <laughs> I know. So I was like, damn, girl. I was like, that I'm, is some. I was like, you are baller. Like, I love. Undermining some shit. <laughs> it, because, gosh, she just really thought that through. She played the long game back at him. Yep. So she wa- she needed to leave for reasons that we're all talking about, right? So, like, it, she knows it's a cult. She knows that she needs to get out. But she can't because her husband's there and she needs her. They'll do the same thing they've done to couple after couple. Keep the kids. Tear it away. You know, she won't win. So she's like, I, she was at a wedding. And remind me to go back to wedding because I have a lot to say about their weddings. Um, but. Okay. She was at one of their weddings and she said she remembers her son, Gwen's son, Michael, looking at her and like undressing her in her clothes. And she thought right then she was like, this is it. This is my way out. And she basically like, I wouldn't even say she let him seduce her. We'll say that. She let it happen. Right. And they have this like relationship that they, that they continue, you know, behind closed doors and you know he it is really fucking sad for this guy because he does confide in her he is a broken broken man i mean if someone needs god it's him and in the, um, a different type of god <laughs> not this one that his yes. mom told him about um, right but uh and she sleeps with him and so when she goes to leave her husband and gwen decides to pull out the big guns with the attorney she says oh no no she was like, because this is what happened with me and your son, and I will come out about that tomorrow. Here's my proof. Like, she was saving yep. text message conversations, email conversations, him opening up about his mother, yep. um, their relationship, his their, like, sexting, all that yep. stuff. And she was like, nope, you're not taking my so, kids. Like, you're not taking my so life. She was so smart to, like, make sure it wasn't a one-night stand, but, like, to make it long and have all that information anyways she's out she got out she got her kids and she's out and you know that's the kind of stuff you have to do to get out and get your kids and not be destroyed financially and that's a lot of effort (laughs) that shows you right there this is not just your um you know corner church down the street and and that is another reason why i say culty behavior in like my situation because you could just leave but um this is most definitely a cult (laughs) because you can't correct yeah exactly so you know in their sermons i was watching some of her parenting things and i i know that several things have been taken down since some things have come to light Um, So not everything about her parenting strategies are out there for public consumption anymore. If you go on Um, Reddit, you can find some of it. Oh, really? Yeah, I was able to like, it was cryptic, but I was able to find some. I know. Anyways, go ahead. Um, So Gwen was the ultimate leadership of the church. Um, However, she did have a panel of men below her, which at first she was trying to sell this idea that these this panel of men in leadership were above her because she believed that women 
could not be at the top of the leadership poll because in the Church of Christ, women were not even allowed to speak or pray uh, out loud in public um, in that uh, specific religion. So that's what, how she was brought up. So that was initially how it was, but she, and then, you know, it's ultimately is not the case. She is the head of the church. So she has this leadership of men. One of the men who is below her <clears throat> is one that people often went to with parenting questions. Um, and his name was Ted Anger. <laughs> and can we please just talk for a moment about how he tried <laughs> At one point, to change his last name to Anger <laughs> from I, anger. I mean, like, it's spelled like anger, A N G E R. And listen, he's like, oh, no, no, it's Anger. It's Anger. <laughs> that was so great. That was so I great. I mean, Randy and I like busted out laughing. We were cracking up. And I think the person that they were talking to was like, but the name is perfectly suited, Anger. Yeah. And, and, she, and I think she, they were saying, like, he did that because he knew yep. that that was this the his, the perception of him out there. He knew that that's how people saw him um, was this like you know angry person who had a, abusive tendencies, and so he was like, "Well, I got to combat this. I got to change my last name." And everybody's like, "Get the fuck out of here with that!" So <laughs> I just thought that was fantastic. But um, there were several people within the church who were suggesting that parents use a glue stick to hit their children. And with. I feel like you need to explain that because it took Mike about five minutes to comprehend. He was like a glue stick and he's like, imagining yeah. like a, you know, like the glue stick you use at school. Yeah. I, and, I was too until they actually showed one. And I was okay, like, oh, so it's like a hot glue gun glue stick, yeah. but a long one, long ass one, not the short There's ones. A, Right, not the short little ones. Could you imagine, like, like, just ordering up from Amazon, like, a shit ton of, like, long-ass glue sticks to beat the kids of the congregation with? No! <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. no, I can't! Amazon's like, man, they're crafting a lot over there at the Remnant Fellowship. <laughs> so, it's like... Oh my god, again, we laugh because it's sad and because we get awkward and don't know what else to do. That's the only reason I'm laughing. It's oh, terrible. Do not hit your terrible. children. God, do, with no, Jesus. But I, I, I kind of oh. want to like, so I know that there are probably a lot of people out there that are like, who would say, okay, sure, I'm going to hit my kid with a glue stick. Like, who would be okay with that? But let's think back. If you are our age, if you are a Gen Xer, or even perhaps a millennial, or before... I can almost, I can say with a lot of certainty that you were probably spanked at least once in your life. So yeah. sp spanking was like a thing. I mean, we grew up in the 80s. I got spanked. Yes. I even got the belt. Yes. Once. Once. Um, and so if we are then now having kids and somebody is telling us, oh, this is how to do it. And this is a person in leadership in your church that you look up to that is close to God and that you have mm -hmm. now, you know, this had this slow burn and whatever. You're like, okay, I guess this is what I do to discipline my children. So I just kind of wanted to put that out there. Um, I think it's horrifically wrong <laughs> and no one should ever do that. I'm just saying I don't want anyone to judge anyone else too hard. Listen, on when you're like 22 and you have like 
two or three children because that's how it works in the church. Um, and they're screaming and yelling and, you know, your husband wants to like have sex all the time and their church is yeah. saying you should do that. And then you also have to yeah. clean the house and then you also do this. And then you're like, what the fuck do I do with these kids? And they're like, well, if you just would hit them harder, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you don't have any other counsel, that's another Christianese word. Sorry. If you don't have any other, um, advice or mentors or anything like that in your life, except for these people, I guess all I can say is, like, I understand why these people did that. How, yeah, how they get into this. I could totally, like, there's zero judgment. I mean, shame on the people who, you know, told them to do it. But for the people that did it, I don't know. Now, what I will say is that um, the people that they spoke to in the documentary did say that they tried it once and were like, nope, I'm not doing this to my children. And like thank god that they had their own wherewithal to know that that was not right and that that was the absolute wrong thing to do um but there are people who don't there are people who don't understand and that continue to follow this leadership because that's their only source of leadership anyways they were using these glue sticks um some of the other things they were using were wooden spoons um a hand they even said you know just using their hands but there was this chronic abuse to the children of this church, and it was facilitated by the leadership of the church and praised by them. Mm-hmm. And there was one instance where um, a mother called in to talk to Gwen, and it's on tape. It is mm-hmm. on cassette tape. Now, she, I will say, she says that that tape was tampered with and that that's not what was said. And that that wasn't even on there and somebody put it on there. So I don't know how somebody got her voice and made it say what she said and whatever. But I just wanted, you know, uh, disclaimer, Um, (laughs) legal disclaimer for us. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, on this tape, it says I listened to what Ted had to say. And that's Mr. Anjay. Um, (laughs) And, you know, my son was acting up. I took everything out of his room, his bed, his dresser, his toy, everything. So like literally everything. So there's nothing in this room. And I left him in there with his Bible from Friday to Monday. And when he came out on Monday, he was a different child. And it has been a better situation ever since. And Gwen was like, praise the Lord. Amen. You know, it was he just needed those boundaries set and to be brought to God. And like this was what was encouraged. Straight up neglect. Took my breath away. The one that uh, the first one they talked about, really, I jumped because I was laying in bed watching and I got so upset. I don't know what about it was just really fucking got me was the little baby's thigh because they wiggled when they were getting their diaper changed and there was welts and the black and blue marks on yeah. it. Yeah. Like, Poor baby. so it's not like you're, I mean, oh, I don't know. Wow. So, so yes. this all culminated in a terrible instance. Yes. Um, there was a babysitter that was part of the church and before the parents were going into the congregation they were leaving their kids off with these babysitters and this little boy Joseph Smith was a wreck 
He was crying. He was throwing a fit. He was very visibly and audibly upset. And so the babysitter asked the father, do you have a toy or is there a game that he likes to play that can help him to calm down? And the father took his fist to the palm of his hand and made a punching motion and said, hit him, hit him hard. And she said, no, no, no. I just want to know, is there like a toy or something? Like, do you have anything else? And he's, he did it again and said, no, just hit him hard. And she said again, I'm not going to hit your son. So the father pulled him out, took him into a separate room and they could hear him beating his child. Yeah. And then he was given back to the babysitter. The babysitter wasn't part of the church. She just worked there. And yes. And the parents went in and she said, and, and then all the parents went in as though this was completely normal and okay. Mm-hmm. And she said, and that was the last time I babysat for Remnant Church. And unfortunately, things did not end well for that little boy. Unfortunately, the little boy ended up dying. And it was told in the documentary that he died in a trunk where he was not behaving or being quiet. And so they stuck him in there and he kept like popping his head out of the top of it and they slammed it shut and used bungee cords to shut it. When they opened it up later, he was not responsive. He was you know, he had passed away and, you know, they talk about it being head trauma and from hitting his head, but he had, I mean, when you look at the, when you look at the diagrams from the hospital, I mean, he had bruises and marks everywhere, every part of his body, except for the palms of his hands and his feet. And, um, so he was, he was beaten often and, you know, the remnant church likes to say that this was, he died from a staph infection in the hospital that had had nothing to do with this, but that's not really what happened. And they are, they have their attorneys, you know, they had their attorneys represent the parents and said they did no wrong. Now there's a part, and I don't know if you caught it, Sarah, where I was like, what the action? No, I was like, I rewound it. And I was like, did they say that? This didn't take place in their home. This took place at church. What? Oh, because it was during the service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that makes the church even more culpable because you taught the parents to do this. You saw it happening. You allowed it to happen. I don't know. I didn't go into the whole legal I didn't really get to research that part of it as much as I wanted to because I'm curious to see how the church did not get held to the fire on that one um now you know in in another terrible turn of events a couple months earlier and their baby died from from SIDS apparently but but the court was it the coroner I don't know but he said like That doesn't necessarily mean it wasn't because of something else in terms of abuse. Right. It is very sad. Very, very sad. Um, That was a really hard story. I just wanted to be able to jump back in time and grab that little boy. I know. I know. The church paid for the parents' bail. The church paid for the parents' legal counsel. I mean, they showed 
the canceled checks. Like you can see very clearly that the church there was like no remorse was the financial at all funding None. for the child. Um, yeah. So it's just heavy. It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. Um, especially. I didn't know about it until you said something, Sarah. I didn't even know this place existed. So how many of them are there out there, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, we hear of um, Scientology and Nexium because of people coming out now. And so this documentary is the only reason that I would have known about this church, cult, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I also, I just wanted to jump back a little bit back for the Smiths, for Joseph Smith. Um, the church still also has in operation a website called thesmithsareinnocent.com. So there is just clearly oh, no right. remorse for this poor little boy yeah. um, who suffered chronic abuse at the hands of his parents at the direction of their church. And um, I just, you know, wanted to make it clear that they are just so incredibly cold in that aspect but yes because one of the things that they don't believe in is grief and they don't believe in acknowledging death or bad things that happen they believe in moving on and smiling and accepting it as God's will right so these this is how these churches take advantage of intelligent people and there are people who question authority and one of the women who was interviewed said I questioned all the time but I never questioned out loud I questioned in my head all the time whether the things that were going on were right or whether I was in the right spot or what I needed to do but I never said anything out loud because I was too afraid until she finally did choose to leave the church and I believe it was her husband's constant infidelity and them refusing to let her have a divorce from him mm-hmm. and forcing him back on her mm-hmm. and making her take him back into her home the day that she had found out that he had been unfaithful again for like the umpteenth time um, that she finally was like, I'm out. I can't do this. But the, the control aspect of it is again a slow burn. There's not anything that's like immediate and there's little manipulative things. And so one of the stories that's in this documentary talks about a young lady who is talking to her parents about how she's got this new relationship and it's with a a boy who's a part of the Remnant Fellowship Church. And so they're like, ooh, be careful Mm because they kind of had these like bad feelings about it. And so she rebels, but she, she rebels against her parents and wants to have this relationship and she's you know they say is he your boyfriend she's like oh you know he says I don't want to put a label on anything like that yet he was doing that and he was like withholding a relationship with her until she joined the church so he would not become her boyfriend until she joined the church Mm -hmm. and so when you are a, a young teenager in love that's like everything to you like that love yeah. is everything to you. I don't I mean I remember the feelings that I had for my boyfriends in high school where it was like they were like the end all be all. Like Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know if you ever felt that way oh, in gosh, high school yeah. at all. Yeah. But yeah, I was I I I can 100% easily see how I would have been like 
let's go. I will be a part of your cult. I mean, church. Like, right. <laughs> you know right, what I right, mean? Right. Like, but she was so in love with him. And so she joined the church and they, you know, then were part of a relationship and then were, became married. And these parents feel like they've lost their daughter. And, um, but it's that, it's that slow burn. And so, you know, she was asking for advice on how to have conversations with her parents. And, you know, they're showing this hand, these handwritten notes from her boyfriend saying like, giving her a script Mm -hmm. on what to say to her parents. And I was reading those words and I was like, Oh my God, I remember having those sorts of things told to us about, and this is like on a much smaller scale, but about LuLaRoe. And like, oh yeah, what how to, to say, combat like what people how say. to combat yes, how to combat the shit that people were mm-hmm. saying because like the legitimate shit people were worried about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's and, and it's, like and you, it's a script that you follow. Yes, yeah. So I was like, oh my, like I'm reading the verbiage and I'm like, holy shit, like this is so recognizable in that aspect. So it is like a tried and true method that people use to to talk their way into these types of relationships so that's part of the controlling behavior and then once you get in with these you know little things and 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 the more subtle things then the stronger things come out and they're not as strong anymore because you're just like oh hey (laughs) that happened i'm already Um, here i'm already here yeah and so you couldn't go anywhere without permission Mm-hmm. You can't go like vacation. No, you that can't was go on wild to me because that's that's past anything that I've ever known of. It was yes. vacation. It was visiting family. It was it was anywhere. You can't have family over. Yeah, like you not not a, like let alone go visit family. You couldn't even have family at your own house without permission. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have a social media account without permission. You couldn't go to a fucking funeral without permission. That was that was wild too. And they used the WhatsApp and Marco Polo to keep in contact, in constant contact, every day, all day. And those are just methods and tactics to make sure that you're not having too much contact with the outside world that tells you, hey, you're in a fucking cult. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to get out. Here, let me tell you, let me give you the proof why. They don't want to take that chance that you're going to be talking to people that are going to negate anything that they're saying. But I was like, what? It's... Wow, that's beyond anything I've ever experienced. I was just gonna say, um, in a way, it makes me happy because I was like, I have not experienced that. Okay, good. Check, check. Yeah. Um, that right, is, right. That's beyond that's beyond anything I've ever known personally. So, um, that is a definite um, red flag. <laughs> right. Exactly. If you need to get permission, ooh. but I'd the be like, who are you telling? But the scripting <laughs> thing. I just, uh, you know, that's a LuLaRoe thing. That was a thing for me and the evangelical church um, on so many levels um, to explain to friends, to parents, to people I was witnessing to, you know, I mean, you had the words to say and those are the words you said. And then if they said A, you said B. If they said D, you said, you know, F or whatever. Like there was something to combat everything said to you. And it certainly wasn't coming from your own brain. Right. So, yeah. But those other things, wow. 
I don't, I don't want to get too deep into this one instance. Um, you can watch it on the documentary. But uh, I, there was a woman who I, I just want to touch on this because we are a mental health podcast. Right. I want to make sure we talk about um, that there was a woman who was suffering from depression and anxiety and panic attacks. And she was on medication and was convinced to take herself off of that medication and convinced, like, you don't need this medication. Mm-hmm. You can just pray it away. God mm-hmm. is going to take this from you. Mm-hmm. So she went off the medication and she felt great for like a month because you have the residual effects. And then she started to not feel good anymore. And she was having panic attacks again. And she was in the steps of depression and she got desperate and she was having suicidal ideations. And so she drove to another town to go to the ER just so they would put her on medication. And what do they do? They fucking handcuff her, put her in the back of a police car and take her. And, I was and so appalled by that. So appalled by that. That, by the way, just so you know, is not typical. I just need to know. I I don't know what happened in the interaction, you know, for like that that led to those circumstances. So I I don't. I, but what I can say is, in my experience, when I went into the hospital, I was not. I went in voluntarily, as she did. As well, but mm-hmm. I went involuntarily, and I was not handcuffed. I was not taken by police car. I was just taken into the emergency room and admitted that that way. I don't know. I know that you've had different experiences yeah. with Scott. Yeah, but I also know that not every single one was a voluntary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every experience is different, depending upon you know the person's behavior and who's on staff that night and what cops there are. I mean, it just depends. It's all relative in terms of... I just don't want to scare anybody from getting help. Well, whoever is there. um, I think the point that we're making is like... uh, There will be, you know, moments if you come into some of these situations where people are going to think that you can pray away your mental illness. And Scott and I experienced that. Both of us did. And... I'm here to tell you, you can't, it's a mental illness. It's a, it's a chemical imbalance. It's a, (laughs) there's just, you know, it's just like how you can't pray away a broken leg. You can't, you know, and I don't know, you know, and for many years I thought, well, very much like that was preached in, or is still talked about in the remnant church. I thought, because this is how Scott and I were like, I want to say brought up in a sense, what were we doing? Like, what was the sin that was so bad that we had this mental illness that was so debilitating? Like I did all the right things. I followed all the rules. Like I don't understand. And now you're telling me to pray it away and not take the medication. And these are the kind of things that are just Bad, poor thinking and not right thinking and it's not helpful it doesn't help you get healthy and so you know luckily this woman in the documentary went back on her medication secretly her husband said she could as long as he didn't see her take it because then he could be held like above her he have complete deniability yeah yeah he could just say i not that i know of right and so you know, <laughs> there's there's a part in the youth group videos that I watched where they talk a lot about depression and basically healing that 
by becoming a part of the youth group, basically, which is another form of indoctrination of praying it away. And, you know, there's a lot of teens who are depressed. That's when it comes out. And yeah, this you have so many hormones at that time. Yes. And when you're up there just preaching that, you know, and if God didn't take it away, there's something in your life you're sinning. Like what is the sin in your life or in your family or in your lineage? Or I mean, you know, like what yeah. in, your, in your- Like if you can't find it in an immediate family, let's look, it's your ancestors. It has to be your ancestors. It's definitely your ancestors. So, re, you know, repent, repent, repent. And um, and then you will be healed. That is some, that's some bad teaching. That's some false shit. Uh, take your medicine, people. Do what your doctor says. Um, yeah. You know, just, I don't know. I felt really sad for her. And then I thought about how many other people, um, well, they did talk about, that broke my heart so bad with the young child talking about, well, he wasn't a young child anymore. He was a teenager, late teens, about his friend who died Mm. by um, suicide and how many of the youth died by suicide in the church. Right because you're repressing all of that shit. Right. And you're playing this Stepford wife, like, you know, robot. And that just, you know, you can only, you can't, you can't be that joyful all the time. No. And that's what the woman who had, who was suffering from depression had said. And she's like, you know, they wanted us smiling all the time because she would get up and speak. Like they showed her up on the stage, like speaking during a sermon. So she must've been like, you know, in a, in a leadership role of some sort. So she had to be smiling and she had to be on all the time. And you couldn't come in the church without a smile. How did you notice when they were at Joseph Smith's parents trial after his death, they, they were all smiling. Yes. Everybody from the remnant church that yes. was there. And waving at they each other. Smiling. Like it was like a party and a reunion. And then and when they're being interviewed afterwards, they're smiling, talking, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll just we'll know that the truth will come mm-hmm. out. And and I was like, wipe that smile off your face, you disgusting human being. Yep. Oh it it got under my skin so bad. I know. Well, it's inauthentic and that irritates us, so <laughs> Right. I, know. <laughs> I mean, besides the fact it's a cult, like they're also being very inauthentic and fake and that's irritating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I just think, you know, if any of these and I know that what we're talking about is an extreme example, but it's but if you think about it, too, some of the underlying things that go along with these extreme examples aren't that uncommon. And so if you're experiencing anything like this, just we encourage you to just take a second look and yeah, question. And then if you get in, this is how I feel like with relationships. And this is because I'm 43 now. I'm old as fuck. And so I've learned a little bit in those 43 years. If relationships, a job, a church, um, you know, even like the yoga community, if something, if they decide that because you are questioning something that you are no longer allowed to be a part of it, or you are put as an outcast, or you are then bullied, or you are taken out or whatever, um, bad. <laughs> like red flag, bad. red flag, red flag, red flag, red 
fucking <laughs> flag. Like, you know, that would be like, I don't know, like Sarah being like, I have a question, you know, like questioning me about something. I don't even know, like in our relationship <laughs> and me being like, no, no, you must not really love me if you're questioning that or something. Yeah. That manipulative yeah. back, you know, because you, you see that in, in, in relationships, you see that in a work situation, you see that in a, in a faith situation. We've seen that in a yoga community. I mean, there's like, it happens everywhere, folks. Do not, if you question something and someone comes back at you with that shit, pff, run. <laughs> run. You can quote the MVP of the episode. Get the fuck out of here with that. <laughs> that was, she was amazing. I didn't catch her name. I didn't either. She was uh, my favorite. She was great. I'm going to like, um, I mean, she was seriously the MVP. Um, she, she, yeah, she was definitely the MVP of the episode. Um, she, what's the other but, thing she said? Miss me. She's like, like a mad miss truck. Me. You miss me. Miss me with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, ha- uh, you know how she did not allow for divorce? Gwen, Miss Gwen, did not allow for divorce. Well, she guess what, not. folks? Here's shocker. Spoiler alert. She got a divorce. She sure and did. And our MVP said, our MVP said, when she married that man and the ink wasn't even dry on her divorce papers yet, get the fuck out of here with that. And I, I rewound it and rewound Miss it because it was so good. Miss me like the side of a bus. Miss me. Miss me. It was so good. And basically, um, I'm not sure exactly went down with her ex-husband, but one of the things was that he gained weight. Yes. 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 He couldn't keep the weight off and therefore... Couldn't keep the weight off. He was no longer holy. He was no longer holy, but more even, even more than that, he messed up her whole gig. Oh, yeah. Because the gig's up if you know you're not like thin like you're supposed to be unethical use of confession so that was something within nexium they had collateral you know so they Mm -hmm. had to give up their most deepest darkest secrets uh it's basically um what's that word blackmail i was like mail fraud no that's not right (laughs) it's not mail fraud no but but close (laughs) close blackmail blackmail the T is thought control, so requiring your members to um, internalize whatever they're saying as the truth. Um, so you are adopting their map of reality as actual reality. There's black and white thinking, so there's like no gray areas. It's either their way or the highway. Um, you're organizing your people into us versus them mentality. And um, I guess there's like extreme examples of changing a person's name and identity. There's use of loaded language and cliches, which is a huge thing within work and corporations and those types <laughs> of organizations. Lots of uh, loaded language and cliches that are thrown around on the reg. It uh, doesn't mean they're a cult, but just, you know, it's that culty behavior that we're looking for to just be careful with. Uh, there's no critical questioning like Amy was talking about. You can't question the leader. You can't question the doctor and you can't question the policy, the rules um, or anything that goes around like that. And um, you any type of alternative thoughts are illegitimate, evil or like completely un, like not allowed. So that is the thought control. And then the E of the bite is emotional control. 
And so you need to manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. So some emotions and needs are deemed as evil, wrong, or selfish. Mm-hmm. And in this cult in specific, in particular, she references selfishness so much. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the children and how we need to keep the children from even thinking about themselves at all. And I was like, what? Yep. <laughs> yep. Astounding. Astounding to me. Um, but emotional control also, you know, make the person feel that their problems are their own fault. Um, so like what type of, like you said, what type of sin were you doing? What type of sin were you, you know, were you doing to cause these problems? Um, so they're promoting feelings of guilt. Um, so identity guilt, um, saying you're not living up to your potential, saying your family is deficient, your past is suspect, your Mm -hmm. affirmations are unwise, your thoughts, feelings, and actions are are irrelevant. Yes. Yes. And selfish, um, social guilt. So, and then a big one with emotional control is instilling fear. And I think that's a big one across the board when it comes to cults and culty behavior. So there's just a, a fear of, like you said, if you're not giving everything to God at all times of all you know moments of the day, that you are not going to benefit of the fruit. Yeah. It feels so much like The Handmaid's Tale right now. It does. It does. You're right. And I, in particular with her, even your salvation was at, you know, you, you, to me from her teachings, I felt like I would have questioned my salvation often, where at least in other situations I was in, I never questioned that. That was pretty like evident to me that, you know, there was one way to have that and one way only and nothing I could do could stop it. But what it could stop is all of the other parts of my life from being good. Right. So, but with her, she, she, (laughs) she, here's another thing too. And I, I, I really wanted to get to a couple other things, but I couldn't believe this. She took out the Trinity. Did you know that? Yes. She just removed the Trinity from Christianity. <laughs> so there was no Trinity. Therefore, when I say salvation, you know, Christians believe that Jesus is how we ha- are, are saved and can have a relationship with God. The reason, in my opinion, Amy's p- opinion, is she took out the Holy Spirit and Jesus because she wanted to be the way to get to God. Yeah. So, you know somebody said I love this they said her trinity was money prestige and power she replaced (laughs) she replaced father son and holy spirit (laughs) um but but it was another tactic for her to be in power even more so you know because now we all she's saying all this church is saying Today, even after the documentary, all they're saying is the only thing that matters is this relationship with God and how close you can get with God. According to her, you could get that close by her following her teachings, Mm -hmm. following Mm -hmm. what she said. And so therefore, you know, it was almost like going through Gwen to get to God. Right, exactly. And so, you know, part of that when she was talking about obedience is um, is that constant indoctrination. You Here's a quote from her. You will love authority, direction, mm-hmm. and redirection. And There's if I just, only one choice if you want to enter these doors. You will love authority, direction, and redirection. 
And where do you think that's coming from? It's going to come from her. She's going right. to give you authority, redirect you and direct you and redirect you again and mm-hmm. probably whip you with a damn glue stick. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Gwen. So, well, folks, un- spoiler alert. I, Gwen is no yeah. longer with us. Yes. And, and um, they, so there was a there was a tragic plane crash that killed I think it was like seven people mm-hmm. from the church all on leaders this private plane all leaders of the church on this private plane that was being flown by her new husband after her divorce and they all died and I mean that's terrible it's recently awful. it was very recent Recently, it was May twenty ninth of twenty one yes so like very very recently how did the church respond to that. Aw, well, since we don't believe in grief and we don't really believe in anything like bad happening to us, our our leader, our leader to get to God is dead, along with her husband and all the other leaders. Um, we're just going to skip over it. I looked at their Instagram page because I was like, I wonder what they do on their Instagram page. So I kept going back and I was like, and I was checking the date again. And that's how I know it so well now. And I was going back and going back and forth. And I was like, oh, my God. They skipped over it. They completely skipped over the death of their leader and leadership team. Because I believe, Amy says, that would show then that there was something wrong with the church. There was something wrong with Gwen, that the fruit was not being bared because of some sort of sin, because that's what they've been preaching this whole time. Right, right. Not only did they skip over it, Sarah... But what else did they hold that day? Remember the young lady who fell in love with the boy and they decided to get married? Well, their wedding was to be on that day. And they went ahead with it and had the marriage and the celebration with all the rest of the people in the church and from the church in attendance. Yep. As though nothing had happened that morning. That morning they died. That afternoon and evening they had the wedding. Okay. I really don't even know how to wrap my head around that because I don't it's not like it's not even like the pastor died. It's like the leader. I mean, I just honestly think it was shame. And I think that they didn't want it to be brought to light. They were like, look, we have another marriage. We have like, let's go on to the next thing, the next thing. So her daughter is now in charge, Elizabeth. Her husband died in the crash. Right. Um, one of the couples who died in the crash, I believe, have five children and they used to run the parenting, um, you know, like how to have a peaceful household. I watched it on YouTube or whatever. Okay. And they were like the experts on that. But you've just now left five children without any parents. I mean, there was so much to unpack here that I was like, there's no possible way this is all the information that I can find about this airplane accident. Like they had to have done, and they are talking, uh, you know, it's talking about some sort of celebration of life at some point. Um, And there's a blurb on their website about the deceased, but that's it. That's it. There's more focus on um, like debunking the HBO documentary. So we have really no evidence of anything, either shady or otherwise, as to why this plane went down. So we'll just leave it at that. A very unfortunate incident. You know, I don't wish 
that upon anyone, regardless of, you know, whatever they're doing in life. Um, but that did happen and there was no, you know, big, huge thing made of it back home at the church, which, you know, to me is the part that's, I have, I have to say is really sketchy, you know, and we, Sarah and I both know what happens when you cover up grief for that long, when you have those, those traumas just like, you know, deep down in you and you're not allowed to have them come out. That brings a lot of mental health issues into your world. So I don't really understand how they're even functioning, um, but they are, they are. And as a little weird side note, as I was looking into their website, what did you say that the best way to make money is to, for the best business start a religion is to start a religion. Yeah. So, so they have these like, okay, you can check this out and tell me what you think if it's a side business or what, but I could not figure out why on the website for the church, there's a section called weddings. Okay, so you're gonna tell me about the weddings. I know the weddings are always held on her property. But then, this is this is what I did today. It said flowers, it said cakes, it's bridesmaids, dresses, the arches, decorations. And then you go into each of those um, sections and you look at like an album of different pictures, colors for seasons and these sorts of things. So my thought is like, is it one of those things that you you have to get married there, first of all? Second of all, you pick like, I want this, 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 like almost like a, um, you know, like a, a menu of sorts. <laughs> and then you pay them like a shit ton of money for this wedding. I don't know, but it was the most bizarre wedding planning sort of kind of thing on this church website. It was just like, like the is wedding. it a business? Well, it doesn't say that it is. Therefore, maybe that's how they can not pay taxes on it. I don't know because it doesn't say it's a business, but there's no way you would give that much information on the details of a wedding if you weren't selling something. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's this is this is interesting. It's a little bizarre, correct? It is very bizarre. So it's literally just albums upon albums of their weddings. So you and can, you're right. Like, why would you do that right. if you're not selling something? And then, even There's more strange, happening at one time. Even more strange is upcoming weddings that me, as a nobody out here in Pittsburgh, could live stream. Oh, I see this. So these weddings are events. Um, they are a big deal. So then I went backwards and I and I watched the video on Young Marrieds, which, believe it or not, has that couple of the that's in the documentary where she her parents are worried about her and she gets like sucked in. She they're also in the documentary and um, or I mean, in this video. And while there were some very similar verbiage language that I can contrast to my or compare, I guess, to my own life scared me a little bit because I was like, this is a little bit too on the nose for how Scott and I got together. There is some other stuff where I was like, oh boy, you know, like it was clear that marriage is um, 
one of those fruits, you will find this person, you know, ah. this godly person here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, the men will lay down their lives for their wife and the wife will submit to the man. And because they are both doing those things, God will bless them with healthy children, with bountiful, you know, fruit of finances and uh, their leadership and their ministry. And, you know, these these young couples are on talking about how this is exactly how it works. You either meet in the church or you bring them into the church and therefore you are blessed with all of this goodness. So the part that hit home for me that hurt hard is um, the part with the blessings. And that's actually when Scott and I left the church was um, right before his diagnosis when things got bad. And we were like, I think we've been sold a like <laughs> bunch of shit Pipe dream yeah. um, because I don't think that that's the way it works. And, um, we really couldn't focus any more time on serving and praying because we had to deal with this, this real illness. But regardless, you know, to me, I believed exactly what these people in the video. So go watch it. I tell you as much as it cringed me, that is how I believed and thought. And there are a lot of young Christians out there who feel this way. Maybe not anymore because I feel like a lot of this is being debunked but in this church they're all on that video. Yeah. And they can help you have the perfect wedding and then the perfect marriage. They're selling a life. They're selling a lifestyle is what it is. They may not be selling weddings but they're selling, they're trying to yeah. That's exactly come, what it is. Come have this perfect, be- look at how beautiful yeah, and curated and perfect this all is. Curated is a great word because that's exactly what they did. They curated who they interviewed to debunk the documentary, the different doctors and, you know, teachers and whoever. And then they curated the wedding and who's on those videos and the youth and, oh my God, barf. So my favorite tab on the website is Mm -hmm. under new here and it says how to change. Oh. So in case you just like, you know, I I mean, like if you're just looking to be a different person. Well, wait a second. Does it tell you? Oh, yeah. It tells you how to change. Okay, good. Um, Submit. It gives you the, the four steps. The four steps. Step one, make a choice. Um, and then it's, you know, gives the Bible verse, no one can serve two masters. Um, so it just says, just Gwen and you God. cannot have it both ways, basically. <laughs> yes. You need to make a choice. Love God first. When you finally make the decision of masters and you have narrowed your loads, you can enter the narrow door. Hmm. Step two, turn around. Once you choose, then walk away from the old master. Let it go. Repent. Get rid of the old life and never pick it back up. That will be your first time to have true repentance. Yep. Step three, put on the new life. Uh, be born again. Have an, be a new creation by putting the behaviors and mindset of Christ into practice. Um. So yeah. And then step four: persevere. Never consider giving up. This is just. This is not just a decision that you make one time. This is a constant, ongoing decision. The first hour, and then every day, the desire to please God 
starts off your day and it finishes your day. So that's how you change, in case you were wondering. I don't even know what to say anymore. That's just, wow. Again, not everything in those four steps is, because there's a lot more than what I just said out loud, read out loud to you. Not everything in those four steps is, you know, horrible <laughs> indoctrination, um, but that's how it, that's how it goes. We, we, we sneak some, some truth into that so that you can yeah. think, okay, it's not too bad. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for introducing me to this, Sarah. Oh, my gosh. It's like it's it's it, it's like the circus. Like, I just couldn't stop watching, even though it freaked me out. I don't know if the circus freaks everybody out, but it freaks me out. Uh, I, I I'm like, feel like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big circus fan, so it freaks me out. Um, I, I, I feel like it definitely hit me. A little bit too on the nose, but yeah, I think that um, it was some good reflection. We'll say that some good reflection. Again, we are not calling out anyone in particular, any specific organization other than the Remnant Fellowship. All we're saying is, you know, question things. Keep your eyes and ears open. Um, if something seems fishy, it probably is. It's funny because we wanted to cover this story because we know January is a time of new beginnings for a lot of people and resolutions and people looking for weight loss programs and mm-hmm. looking for things to do that. And so we were like, oh, my gosh, like the way down, the way down ministries and 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 her whole story was just so intriguing and just it, we just need if it was important information it's important short story to share we just want to make sure like you said just just question yeah this is where i think it is so important for us to say our tagline which is guys stay wild oh please stay wild and weird yes come yes. on that's what we love about each other stay wild and weird do it don't conform <laughs> <laughs> We love you all. Love you guys. Have a good week. This episode was brought to you by Sarah Simone and Amy Baumgartner. Theme song and other music provided by Epidemic Sound. Editing and production by Sarah Simone. To help us keep making episodes just like this, join our fan club at patreon.com slash unqualified therapists, Inc. Follow us on Instagram at unqualified therapists, where you will find our link tree to all things here at the UT. If you have a story to tell or a topic you'd like us to discuss, email us at unqualifiedtherapists at gmail.com. Until next week, warrior, hold on. We're going to make it. Say it